you have to be careful when you're making any kind of product that it's not just something that you think is going to work in the world or that you think is going to fill a gap in the market or where people need something, but that it's just something that's authentic to you. Welcome to Office Hours by Business Class from American Express. Each episode features innovative entrepreneurs and experts discussing how to navigate today's business challenges. That was Arizona, a three-piece electropop group that has been making waves since 2016. In this episode, band members Zachary and David share how they managed to stay connected to fans as live concerts were canceled. Recorded during our live Office Hours Q&A, our conversation is guided by Clayton Rubensall, Executive Vice President of Global B2B Marketing at American Express. Please note, views expressed here belong to the guests interviewed and do not necessarily reflect those of American Express. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining our uh, audience for Office Hours. I'm Clayton Rubensall. I've hosted this before. I run B2B Marketing at American Express. And today we have a very different kind of business, uh, a music business. Uh, normally known as a band. Um, Arizona is here with us. Uh, we have uh, David and Zach joining us to talk about what's happened in their world during this. And um, I'm really excited because it's a very different perspective from an industry that has been you know, hit as hard as any other. And um, you know, with that, I want to get right into it. And I'm going to start with a question that I was dying to know, and I assume other people would be too, which is, um, uh, where'd you come up with the name Arizona? We'll get into more business questions later, but uh, that was my first little curiosity. Oh, man. Um, it was sort of a time where we were uh, apart, I guess, like living on separate coasts. So Dave was back here on the East Coast. Um, Nate and I moved out to L.A., and at that point, for a few years, we were just producing and songwriting, um, mainly for other artists and, and doing other like media work. Dave, you were working on ads and stuff. Yeah, and, and I was like completely out of music at that point. Um, and so we we like made a song like one night just after a long session or something kind of for fun. Um, sent it to Dave. We, we kind of had a FaceTime call the next day and, and talked about what the song was or who it was for and since it wasn't for anybody and we just kind of had some fun this weird idea of maybe doing our own project came up i you know and we laughed at it at first and then we figured that it wouldn't hurt to just like maybe take a summer before we totally bow out of music entirely and do something else and just end it all with maybe doing something for us and then we can move on um and then obviously it was like okay, well, what do we call that if we're going to be like a, a band or, you know what I mean? Bands you know, need for, names. Yep. Yeah. Um, for behind the scenes, dudes, it was really, really an awkward question. And it wasn't so... even like a band at that point. Like <laughs> the music industry term, like it's a project. It's like a okay, project, it. whatever. So, you, like, know? Uh, you know, we were, we were there on this video call and Nate is wearing this hat and it said Arizona on it. And I was just kind of like, Ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll just call it Arizona. Yeah. And uh, for us, it was almost like we didn't want to take the project so seriously to where it would inhibit our decision making. Uh, you know, sometimes you just think too hard about branding and too hard about messaging and then all of a sudden you lose it. So to sort of keep it authentic to us, it was a joke in the moment. And 
now it's kind of we're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, even even if the C or the the SEO is like pretty terrible, but <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, look, I, I think the uh, that that's an awesome origin story about the name because I think it's actually super modern, right? Everybody says you got to test and learn, you got to be agile, try it. If it doesn't work, pivot. You tried it and it worked. So here we are. It's Arizona. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you know, building on, on that story, clearly you guys were, were, were close. And even though you're on opposite coast, you're still talking about working together. Uh, a lot of people talk about having their own business as being like family, you know, whether it's literally family, uh, a family business, or uh, my wife has her own business. And I feel like I'm part of that business. It feels like it's part of our family. My kid works there sometimes. Um, Tell us about the relationship of uh, the band members and what kind of a family you guys have. Oh my gosh. So Zach and I have known each other since at least middle school. So we were tweens when we first Too long. <laughs> How old were you? Too long. Uh, 14. 13 or 14. 13 or 14. Wow. Yeah, long history. Town. And then um, I ended up going to school in Boston and um, kind of in that scene, I wasn't going to school for music, but I hung out with the music school kids. And uh, one day I meet Nate, we become friends, we end up living together. And Zach at that point was kind of traveling all over the place, but he would always come by because I'd be like, yo, there's a party, like come through. And um, <laughs> after that, like we all just kind of started working together out of out of this apartment that Nate and I had. And so now it's been... I mean, we're approaching 10 years, the three of us, yeah, knowing each other. Yeah. That's so. amazing. I mean, that, that's deep. And I think just because you're friends doesn't mean that you would be good business mates. So it says a lot about not just your friendship, but your ability to have uh, a great team um, across yeah. the three of you. Um, when, when COVID hit, um, you know, there were businesses like, the cruise industry and hotels and airlines that was on everybody's mind. And then I think right after, like when South by Southwest got canceled, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, entertainment, music, sports, um, movies. How are people going to gather? And you guys are so well known as a experiential band. You know, a lot of what you do best, you do live. Um, how did that moment hit you and what did you think you were going to do about it? So it's, 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 so in the music industry, things happen in cycles. So it's like you, you write an album, you promote an album, you tour an album. And even though we were and still are in this creative cycle, sort of the beginning of the, the, the of the journey, um, we still had like festivals booked and events booked and uh what was the next one coming up for you like at what what date was it coming up like so like it was mid-march where everybody was like oh okay this is real what was the next date that you were like okay we're gonna have to you know book our flights and make sure we're ready to go to pittsburgh the, or wherever it was it was actually local it was a festival in new york okay um big festival on an island um and <laughs> um, got it got it they um and and i think we we began to saw the other major festivals begin to kind of disappear and so it it was like dominoes right like the first yeah. few and then all of a sudden everything is pending and then all of a sudden things are rescheduled or they're gone mm. uh 
it's yeah it was definitely we had we even had a couple of international dates um kind of on hold and you know that was a, a strange time for us as well because we were like how is covid affecting um these international markets like maybe it's different maybe we could still take it or right. maybe or maybe it's more dangerous to go out there <laughs> and, and try or may to maybe they it. wouldn't let you come yeah, exactly. Islanders, yeah. you know <laughs> so, it was definitely um uh, there was there's definitely that oh my gosh moment and then from there we started to put our heads together and kind of do what we've always done which is kind of keep low to the ground and breathe deep <laughs> and and try to make our decisions with the most clear mind possible um, it's it's an odd opportunity right i mean people also often say in business it's really hard to change the tires while the car is driving. Um, you know, you're, you're always still relying on making money and continuing on. And, you know, David, like you said, you were in a cyclical process where you were in a creative development phase. And so it was an opportunity to, to, to lay low and, and be really productive, right. To write and produce. Um, what else have you done to grow your, your business while the car has been stopped, so to speak? Uh, I think you hit on a great point about like the time pressure. We are constantly under this, just the way the market works. You, you want to keep releasing music. You want to keep releasing music. And so even if we're touring, there's still that thing in the back of your mind, like what am I going to put out next? And for the first time in a long time, we've been able to actually take space and in and so we took that situation of like the whole industry is on a pause to rather than worry about like, what are we going to do next? It's like, you know what? The time is here. It's almost been forced on us. Like let's take that time. And, and you talked about us being friends and family and sometimes with friends and family, you need space apart. <laughs> Amen. So, yep. um, you know, in, in a, in a way, even though I love this dude and he's like my best friend ever, it, it, it was a blessing in disguise for us to like take some time. And when we came back into the studio together, things were more special and they were more fresh because we had this time away from each other. That's great. So it's, it's definitely, uh, you just want to make sure that you can see that silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. We have to, you know, have that hope for the future. I was, um, Saying to you when we first met, I, I read this great book probably 15 years ago about uh, some of the most successful companies in the world have a really close relationship between the person running the company and their end customer. And it went through some, some examples that would be, you know, really well-known big brands, but also used a band as one example. And um, in this case, uh, it was the Grateful Dead. And it talked about how much time Jerry Garcia spent, you know, as such a live experiential uh, experience with his customers, in this case, fans. Um, how does that work for you guys? How, how big a deal is your community and your fans to not just your band, but the, the business of your band? Oh, I, I, I think that we started to notice um, pretty quickly at the very top of all of this back in 2015 when we, when we started releasing music. Um, our... I should leave with our idea was that no one was probably going to hear this or that it wouldn't reach people because uh, as, as saturated as the market can be today, um, 
it still was even even then, you know, in, in 2015, when some of the streaming platforms were still gaining a foothold, like even then everyone was doing it. So we thought that no one would hear it. And then the joke was like, it would get four <coughs> likes and die. That's it. <laughs> four people are going to hear it and then it's going to go out into the world and die and then we'll just move on and I'll go be a history teacher and it'll be great. And, yep. um, and, and so when, when the opposite sort of happened, when we started to realize that we picked up traction on numbers, we had, we obviously had an appreciation for that in, in some regard, but it wasn't until we started touring live. And I think that's because it becomes a real, it, it, it becomes a real, um, a real business of labor at that point. Um, not that it's not that it's not work when you're in the studio, but you just, you see, you see stats and feedback. You can always look at, you know, you can always look at your stats and say, well, these, these people are listening in this country and this is how many people we have here and this is their age range and this is their whatever it is. But when you actually go and perform live, you can see the people's faces. So you're putting faces to the, to the number on the screen. And that I think is really what drove the idea into our minds that the most important thing actually is the, is the experience for the fans and the fans themselves, because otherwise it would have been our initial idea, which is you make some songs, no one hears it and that's the end of it, you know? And so yeah. it does find its foothold and they're the important part of the process. So, so Zach, in, in, in that, right? Like you, you, yeah. you get this fan base that you're not totally expecting, but then you're sitting there right in front of them. Like if you're running a restaurant, it'd be like you were out in the dining room of the restaurant every night watching yeah. people eat and see what they like, what they don't like. Um, how did that really tight feedback loop of, you know, being there performing right in front of your customer base, these fans, how did that impact what you did with the music itself? I, I think that's that's always going to be uh, a different experience for for each person. I think for us, it was um, it was a shift in the way that we made music. In the sense that, you know, typically when you're producing, like we're sitting in front of our in front of our rig here in the studio, and like when you're producing, you're sort of just doing whatever feels right in the room, and right. you get in you get into this loop between just you guys in the room, and that's sort of the end of it. And when you go play live, you you sort of tack on this extra idea to this process of of, of knowing that this is going to be performed live in a situation where it has to create an experience for somebody watching it. So you think about different parts you can put in the music and you think about, you know, how would this translate on stage or like what are some parts that could you know, maybe, you know, get people uh, more hype or, or where's the breakdown or when can we do the claps for people, et cetera. It's like, you, you think about these small things right. after going live and it's just a choice that you, that you make. So it's like, like your example, the, the restaurant owner touring the dining room every night, like a lot of them don't, a lot of them no. don't. And, and, and some do, it's just like, you know, if, if that person really, loves and enjoys their business and understands that what they're doing is ultimately something that they could just do for themselves in their kitchen. They right. chose to do it because they wanted to bring that to other people. And if they enjoy that, they're going to be out there every night, be like, Oh, how was your meal? Blah, blah, whatever. Like come back anytime, whatever. It's like, and if you're one of those people that's known for doing that, obviously it's going to have a positive impact on your business, but it'll also open you up to more feedback about, what do people really love that I'm doing that may not be right. special to me, but what are certain parts of my process that really translate better than I thought they would? 
So it's the oh, same I think thing that's a, that that's something that I think is so critical for all businesses, and certainly we see it at American Express too. You know, like it, it's it's very interesting to see what the customer really values, and sometimes it's something big that you've invested a lot of time and money into. Sometimes something small, you know. Oh gosh, I just like that when you answer the phone. You know, there's always you know somebody really kind on the other end of it. Yeah, you know, the other thing that gets talked about a lot is that that um, intimacy with the business, whether it's how the products are made or, you know, in your case, the production process or how customers are um, or fans are, are loving your music. Um, when you're smaller, it can be really intimate. As you get bigger, how does that change for you as musicians and how do you fight against being so big that, that, it, that you lose that feedback loop? It's, um, it's, it's kind of like for us that, that takes the shape in, or I guess the most obvious form of that is in venue size. Yeah. Like we started out in small clubs, people are still- It's a great parallel to feet. going from a small business to a huge business. Yeah, and, and, and so like you're, you're right there, people are tangible, like I can touch them like this. Right. Um, and, and we did a, a support tour. Um, we supported a, a band in a, on an arena tour last, last year or two years ago. Yeah. And, the difference is that the first row is like at least 15, maybe 20 feet away from you. And there's barricades and there's security. And you can't even see a lot of the back half of the arena because of the lights. So there's 20,000 <laughs> people, but you can only see a few thousand of them and everything else is out there. So it's hard. Right. To, yeah. You kind of have to recalibrate your expectation of that sort of feedback. Um, and on that arena tour, like a funny thing I would do was I would look for the dad that was with the kid. And if by the end of the set, I could get the dad to kind of like start jamming, start bopping the head, <laughs> like then I know we did enough to get the guy that was there probably was dragged there to like bring his kid to the show. So litmus test. That's a great litmus test, right? You yeah. didn't even want to be here and now you're loving it. That's a yeah. good litmus test. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we always kind of say like, you got to play to the back of the room. Um, you can't always play to just the people that are in front of you. You got to be out there expressing yourself and connecting and, and locking in with those that have the cheap seats. Yeah. You know? So, hey, clearly you guys, you know, you were blessed to be successful, whatever word you want to use. You know, you weren't really expecting it. You thought, you know, four likes and you're out uh, this this random name we chose we won't even have to live with it and then here you are you're successful you go from being musicians and trying to catch the gears as musicians and the 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 synergy between the three of you and working with your production partners then you become a business what part was really hard to learn about being a business um you know with everything that all businesses have to do, you know, we have to make products, engage our friends, sell them something, repeat sales. What was hard for you guys or what was easy for you? I think maybe the most difficult part about like your passion project or your hobby becoming your business is that at some point you have to become professional about it, right? Like um, there's, there's sort of that, when we, whenever we talk to new artists, um, you can see how driven they are and how excited they are and how this creativity is an escape from the nine to five or the, the you know, the day-to-day the -day monotony. Um, but then 
with success, it's like the creative process becomes your nine to five and mm -hmm. has, it has the opportunity to become monotonous unless you actively counteract that. And so that was like one of the biggest sort of hurdles when things got serious because it gets serious and you overthink it and and then you kind of lose that juice <laughs> you lose the mojo um on the flip side on like the more business side um we've learned how to uh you know you got to upload your receipts and tag them you gotta start becoming responsible because it's it's not just my money or not just Zach's money it's like all of us are, are in this business together. And so we have to devote uh, a certain amount of time to, to do the, the kind of paperwork required to make sure that our books are in order. Just planning for the future, you know, really. Um, we, we've been extremely, uh, we're not like balling out like crazy. We've been extremely uh, conservative because we believe in reinvestment into ourselves. So like the reason why our live show is so strong is that rather than necessarily paying ourselves out these crazy amounts, like we would reinvest that money into the infrastructure that helped build our touring systems. And, and um, that's the kind of thing that's, I think, helped us stay afloat, especially in times like this, because we, um, we have been able to give ourselves a structure that can hold us up. Yeah, and it's important, right? Like you said, you have to be responsible and it's not just your money. Our, um, it, it was really funny when I, when I joined uh, my, my uh, current job, um, our CFO, he was talking about his whole career story and you know, you, everybody would guess what a CFO of a place like this would be like. And uh, his whole origin story, how he started was he was a professional musician for four years and the business side didn't go well and he wanted to learn more about that. And, wow. you know, in learning about that, one thing led to another and, you know, now he's a big executive, but, um, but it's interesting because at the end of the day, like all those disciplined things, reinvesting in the business, making sure that your money's being managed, right? Like, you know, you, you can ignore it, but it's only going to be your, you that's going to pay the price for that. Um, I, I'd love to hear more about um, your community and how you engage them. So many businesses stress about this you know some are lucky to be really successful just gifted with social media or really attuned to their customer base um how do you guys especially like in this socially distanced world how do you stay in touch how do you keep them engaged i mean especially today it's it's all it's all just digital right now you know and a lot of it has to do with finding either um, innovative ways to use um, already existing platforms like streaming platforms and things like that. Like I, I use, um, I use a good, a good amount of my time at the streaming platforms, um, you, you know, personally and also sometimes for Arizona. Um, and that's a great way to reach either your current community that you have or, or new people that wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known you, especially now that everyone's turned their attention to things like that. Whereas in maybe going to watch a live stream wouldn't have been such a sexy way to spend your afternoon last year. Right, right, right. You know, like today, you, you don't have anything going on. So what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? And, and so if, if you know that 
that's it that's at least a version of what you can get now like that's what people that's what people will do at least to some extent and so if you can utilize those tools to follow the trends of the world i mean that's that's what it comes down to and it just happens to be that for for right now but the um the 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 interesting part is finding innovative ways to to do already commonplace things you know and i think that's the, the hurdle what's an example of that I, I love that idea finding a new way to do something commonplace well it's just the, you know it's 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 just the, the 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 foundational the foundational idea of of that is like everyone makes music but how do you make music that will translate to people or everyone can live stream but what are you going to do on your live stream right how do you create these segments or how do you create these uh things that people can look forward to you know whether that's in just like a, a singular product like a song that recurs or if it's like a consistent live stream like this it's like what's the what's the idea behind the already existing thing that people do so it's like you know we both have instagram on our thing here right but yep, yep. at the end of the day it's like you had to create this segment to allow this experience to happen for the people that are watching now and that's something that comes from within your brain it's not inherently built into the to the system the system is going to give you the ideas you have to no. find ways to make things that are going to you know be things that people can look forward to so it's um it's a translatable thing you know in every situation you're going to encounter there's a larger chance that you're not the first person to do this <laughs> yeah you know in in history so if you are going to do it what what is going to be your approach that's going to make it different or exciting for people so. well and to that point um you're actually in a business that's older than probably anybody who's on this call right like i mean <laughs> yeah. american express is old we've been around since 1850 but uh music's a lot older um yeah. you know yeah. um it's a old since the beginning of time thing music who do you look to for inspiration? Because doing something that's never been done is a pretty difficult thing. Do you look to other musicians? Do you look outside the category? Where do you guys find inspiration for where you go next? Um, I mean, we definitely have like, I think creatively, our, our, our like taste of the week is always changing, right? Like whatever the pick is, it's, it's pretty varied. But um, as, as far as direction, I think we actually like to look in other sectors so like mm -hmm. we have a friend james he's um he's like an angel investor in like the silicon valley world um but he helps us see our own business as a startup um because he deals with so many startups and so we learn all these lessons that we may have learned the hard way or will have learned later on down the line that he's able to to, to kind of open our eyes into um you know, looking forward and being prepared for these pitfalls that may occur. And, and um, it also is a, is a growth strategy thing, right? Like we look at a lot of these um, startups and how corporate culture is so much of the draw for startup and tech. And so for us, for our crew, for the people that tour with us, it's like, how do we dictate a culture that retains people and values them um, and, and that recognizes that, that value in a way that means something. Which can often go in, incredibly overlooked, I think, in, in a lot of the models that exist in the music industry. So, so I think the inspiration coming from an outside source and, and viewing what we do as a startup, where it's like your first three to five are going to be 
the worst basically for you as as a person but if you can make it the best for the people that are coming to you then you'll have a better next three to five etc and just but just knowing how to how to view the field that way from from other points of view help us operate it i think a little bit more on the ground as opposed to like we're famous artists now listen to our album (laughs) this is awesome like you know what i mean it's it's more about it's more about uh coming back to what we said it's it's about being responsible with the fact that like there is an ethereal aspect of being somewhat successful in any business and it's going to be it's going to be great and it's going to feel feel good but responsibility is is what's going to drive that through retirement age and and not just you know a g- good two years and then you're back to the drawing board so um looking outwards is is definitely important in this industry for sure yeah i like the uh silicon valley inspiration and you know i spend a good a good deal of time there myself getting inspired by those companies a lot of what i hear them talk about when they think about longevity is really having a solid vision of who they are and their purpose and sometimes that's about um you know where where they intend to go sometimes that's about who they are sometimes it's why they exist in the world um do you guys have a a phrase or two words or three words that when you think about who you are as a business really hold you together i don't know if we ever ever really saw you know came up with like two words but we always use the word authentic i think is a big thing yeah. you know because you have to you have to be careful when you're making music i guess you have to be careful when you're making any kind of product that it's not just something that you think is going to work in the world or that you think is going to fill a gap in the market or where people need something but that it's just something that's authentic to you and um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure when it comes to doing that because sometimes you'll do something or create something that you feel really strongly about but if you try to look at it objectively you might think that there's no reason anyone would ever need this or care about this or like this but that was kind of the entire story of Arizona period yeah. instead of looking at it objectively we recognize that there's objective parts to ourselves but authentically we just wanted to do this sure you know and and i feel like if if it feels like that to to people whatever it is if it feels like that to people then i i think you have a better chance at least of 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 actually getting it to resonate enough where people can latch on to the idea that you're trying to convey or, or whatever you're about so yeah, yeah, I mean, I think authenticity is probably the big one. It's huge. And I, I think you're right, whether it's uh, in the creative product or the business product. One thing that, that um, I have a really uh, fortunate uh, place in the world in that I get to work with great directors and great illustrators, great designers. And, you know, I find that um, creatives, whether they're musicians or actors, get a bad rap as being prima donnas. And there's certainly no shortage of them in the world. But yeah, you, you look like a prima donna. Uh, but you know, when you get to the tippy top, I often find that like the best creative director in the world that I've ever worked with, he's a gentleman. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever worked with. Uh, one of the nicest people. He's been kind to everybody I've seen come through. And I think it comes from a place of confidence. You know, when you go into a venue, it's not just, you know, your, your, your band, right? It's, it's, it's everybody, it's your support staff, do you think about that part of the business of culturally how you guys engage with the world and what kind of a personality you want um, Arizona to be seen to have as a group of people? 
like what the um, venue staff would say when these guys left? When we're on tour, um, we, we like to say that we're polite degenerates. That's awesome. Um, what a great, which, I'm writing that down. I don't know if I can use it in my business, but I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause like, you know, we're, we're and, and by the way, uh, everyone that we bring on tour as a part of our support crew, um, we, we've either known them or we have some sort of deeper connection, like they're our extended family, um, just like how Arizona has just the band is a family. Like these are people that like, we know them and their families and we go way back. So, um, you know, we'll be on the road and we'll be boys. Like, you know, uh, we, can, we can be a rowdy bunch sometimes, but the bottom line is like, as we leave a venue, um, you, you want to leave this lasting impression that um, these guys were great to work with and they went above and beyond. And um, as long as we're consistently doing that and, and kind of promoting that level of excellence, um, I think, I think we'll be doing, we'll be doing great. Like the, um, some of, it's funny because like, we'll go back to some of these venues and I'll be like, Oh, I remember you guys. Like, you're yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, or we'll have people that like, say I requested um it, it happens a lot when we go to like a bigger studio to mix something mm -hmm. and they'll be like yo like I requested this shift because I knew you guys were coming in and, and that's that's the kind of impression that we'd like to leave um it feels good to break that stereotype I guess that 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 you mentioned because you know it doesn't that doesn't have to be synonymous it's like you know decency and professionalism and and due diligence are, are something um that our personal trait, you know, and it's like if you run a business at the end of the day, and all of all of you try to promote that within each other, then that's something that can come out, even if it's like studio sessions or playing shows, or it's like it doesn't have to look like a certain way. And in fact, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't at all like look like what most people think it looks like. But there are many examples of it actually looking that way. Right. Um, but the mistake is that it doesn't have to, you know, and, and so I think that that's important that we leave the impression that they that that people can see it and be like, oh, these yeah. are just dudes like they're cool and they, they run a good ship. You know what I mean? It also comes from this place of like we used to be the engineer's assistant. That's also true. Like we we I you know, <laughs> yeah. we used to be the the A2 or like this the stage audio guy. And, yeah. And so like knowing what that feels like as well kind of carries into how we operate today. Like seeing somebody successful in our past and being like, I would do it differently. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do now is like do it differently than we've seen it in the past. I think too, I think, yeah, that uh, first off, polite degenerates is such a brilliant uh, term. I think that idea that a sound engineer or venue would say, I want to work with these people is part of what makes any business successful, right? The, the restaurant that you want to go back to because you have a relationship with them or the brand that you like buying from because you feel like there is a personal relationship there. And it's hard to have a personal relationship when you think somebody's a jerk. Um, you know, it's yeah. usually a very short relationship. Yeah. So you guys have gotten to a, a, a good place. Um, what advice would you have for people that are just starting out back to when, when you guys were uh, at the bottom of the pile, when you were sound engineers, when you were or sound engineer assistants and coming up, um, what advice would you have for the young bands that are just starting right now? Don't, I mean, don't be afraid of work is, is, is the big one, you know, um, don't, don't be afraid of, of work and, uh, don't necessarily be afraid 
of the concept of not idolizing what your goals are. Um, because the, I mean, in layman's terms, like the grass is always greener, you know, it's like, you think that you're going to get to a certain point and it's going to be this one way and it's going to be awesome. And you chase this and you chase this, but more often than not, when you, when you think that way, you end up chasing an idea more than a goal. And I think that's dangerous in, in running a business. Um, I think having great ideas and executing ideas is important, but to consistently grow and push off this one idea further and further away, it'll always be ahead of you. And I think that can distract you from where you are now and what the requirements from, from, from you are now. And so um, for any bands starting or, or any businesses, uh, what, what, what could possibly help is, is just a mindset shift to understand that planning for your first three to five years, which we're coming to an end right now in ours, like planning for your first three to five years is incredibly important. Um, and knowing that you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have to work a lot more for a lot less perceived output for a long time before you start having this, the slack to begin exploring the rest of your time and opening up your ideas. And so just think, think, I know, you know, the whole like think big thing. It's like, think yeah. small. Right, yeah. think small for now, right? As as you go, you through guys the day, did that you know? well. I mean, you know, at least as you tell the story, it sounds like you guys, you know, worked really hard, but had small expectations and small goals at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like uh, what do they call them? Smart goals, like just making sure that they're they're executable. Because like everyone wants to make the leap from the ground floor up to the penthouse, but it's every step is what takes you there. Yeah. And that's what progress is. Like progress is gradual. Um, luck, luck is, is the big step, right? So like, um, you know, when, when we, like, we say a lot in the music industry, like putting your reps in or, or paying your dues. And sometimes I hate that term because it's like, or I like to remind people that paying dues is actually a continual process. It's not like you pay your dues once and you have this expectation to be set for life. Yeah. Like, you know, any anytime you're a member of anything, you pay your dues consistently. And so um, there's no resting on your laurels because um, that's that's how you get complacent. I love that. I've never heard anybody in business say that. That's the first I've heard it. <laughs> and you are 100% right. People do have this view of, okay, I paid my dues. When I was, you know, 22, I worked all night, you know, for three years. Um, right. But you're right. You, as you get older, you see, well, no, no, no. Like every time I make a jump, um, I have to pay my dues again. I have to prove it, you know, kind of like, that, what have you done for me lately? I have um, two questions from, uh, I don't know what we call them, viewers, the viewers here um, that, I, that, that I would love to ask you. I think they're both amazing. Um, the first one is, uh, what would you do first if the pandemic ended right now? Like we were like, like the coast is clear medically and like we could do We whatever. just got the text from Fauci. He was like, it's over. We're good. He was like, yo, y'all are Everybody's good. Free. <laughs> By the way, yep. we made the whole thing up. <laughs> uh, I would, you know, honestly, I don't know. I would be pretty upset in some ways. I would be glad, right? It would be a miracle in some ways. But in other ways, it would be like, man, I, I really enjoyed the time in, you know what I mean? Isn't that funny? I, like, yeah, I, I, I have. I've enjoyed, you know, it's been hard, but I've enjoyed being with my family and my kids and my wife. And, you know, it's not all bad. There have been some good parts of this, slowing down a bit. Yeah. 
I, I hard, but but with some oh, yeah. some good moments. What'd you say there? Yeah, you, could, you could go fly. Yeah, like my parents are on the west coast, and uh -huh. I'm on the east coast. Like I probably go see them because, like, also this time makes you think, like, oh, when was the last time I saw? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. that that's probably what what I would do. First. That was a good question, and honestly, this this has been such a continuous thing that I have not even thought about yeah, it. Which I don't is, think we really which thought is why our answers were so unprepared and not media trained. Because I'm just like, what? Do you, what? This is not going to be over. So I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. But well, we, we shall see. Only time will tell. There. Uh, um, and then uh, last question. This one's from the audience too. Um, how has the pandemic shifted the way you connect with fans who want to hear more? Um, live stream performances, new singles. What do you do for those fans who are just desperate for something new from you guys? I, I mean, you know, Zach has been exploring a lot of um, like live stream uh, platforms that have been up to now, like really only synonymous with gaming. Um, but that culture <clears throat> of tuning in and seeing that person and just kind of um, being involved with parts of their lives that aren't, like, I think in music, everyone is always trying to get a PCU that you haven't presented. Yeah. Everyone wants a, a particular extra bit, which, which is, you know, it comes with the territory. So um, I think at first it used to bother us, actually. And I think now we've just kind of accepted it as like, you know what, people are going to want that connection. And that's a good thing. Um, and so for us, like, even though we haven't officially put out any new music, um, it's like, you know, Zach will be up there live streaming and, and we'll show a piece of like him producing a song that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty a, cool. Kind of an yeah. insight. And like, we plan as the album begins to wrap, we actually plan on fully showing <clears throat> our mix process and how we finish records on the live stream. Cause not only like for us, a big thing as well is like, we want to get kind of into the, the audio and music education space, as far as like kind of like tips and tricks and showing people what our process is like, cause we believe in paying it forward. And, um, you know, I think that's another way for, even if you're not interested in the technical aspect as a fan, you could be like, Oh, that's how they came up with that. And that's how yeah. that came together. And that's kind of a, a, a unique insight rather than, I mean, I think at this point, we're kind of like the couch concert might be a little played. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah. just trying to, to give parts, make parts of this process available and be vulnerable in these areas that maybe we've held really close to the chest before. There are, there are besides the couch, because besides the couch concert thing, like there are other and more frequent and more intimate ways to include people in your process, you know, because a couch concert is an intimate thing, but it's still like, we're going to put on a show, right? But it's like, if we're hanging in the basement in the studio, making music, like we're not putting on a show, you're just hanging with us, you know? And that's, that's another, that's another uh, great way to connect with, with, with people, especially during times like this, but kind of always, you know? So. This removes that platform element, you know, like you're yeah. on a stage. <clears throat> Sometimes you just don't want to be on that stage. Like, no, and this you know, does it, right? I mean, I think I've heard a lot of people talk about how during COVID times, it, it's oddly uh, been a period to get to know each other better. I mean, I'm in your studio right now. You're in my house right now. Um, you know, my kids are out, but otherwise you'd see them running by. Like, it's very real, right? Like, 
just like with uh, a song that you wouldn't release till it's perfect versus Zach now showing how it's being made or, you know, in the future, you showing how we're going to, you're going to mix it. That's, that's a really interesting opportunity to let people see more of who you really are, but also to give new content, to give a new experience, to let people understand what your business is all about, what your product's all about, what your music is all about. Um, it's a really, really cool idea. So listen, Zach and David, this has been incredible. I can't thank you enough. You guys have been great oh to us since uh, we asked you, I can't even believe it was this year, the event that you guys did with us in San Francisco, um, yeah. which was incredible. Um, you've been great to work with and uh, we're really uh, appreciative of your time today. Um, you're also in, not just musicians, but incredibly insightful business people. The fact that you had a new way to frame paying your dues says a lot because that is something that I've heard talked about for over 20 years straight. So, you know, kudos to you guys. And also for being uh, good, good business to work with. My team loves working with you. It sounds like the, the venues love working with you. Um, I think there's a big lesson in there. So thanks for being so honest and uh, insightful. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to see what's next from you guys. We appreciate your time. And for the audience, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, we hope this was uh, useful to you and insightful to you. Please write us. And if you want to engage more with other business content, please visit us at americanexpress.com forward slash business class. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate Great. it. Until next time, Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, David. Take appreciate care, it, you guys. Thanks for listening to Office Hours, part of Business Class from American Express. You can find a schedule of upcoming live episodes and learn more about Business Class from American Express by visiting amex.co slash office hours. That's amex.co slash office hours. Looking for new ways to keep up with the latest business trends and insights? Business Class from American Express is a new educational resource to help today's business leaders adapt to the current economic environment. To view compelling stories, timely tips, and inspiring insights from industry experts, leaders, and street-savvy entrepreneurs, visit amex.co slash business class.